0: Wagwan family, let's help Brata bring authentic Caribbean arts and culture off-Broadway. Since 2009, Brata Productions has been dedicated to giving Caribbean and Caribbean American artists a platform to showcase their work and talents. They brought Caribbean folk culture, music, movement, artists, and theater to over 50 stages worldwide. This year, they're bringing Caribbean art mainstream to Off-Broadway, with two plays and a concert from the award-winning Brata Folk Singers. But Brata needs our help. They recently launched a fundraising campaign online to assist with production costs. So let's help Brata reach their fundraising goal of $50,000. Donate just $5, $10, $20 to their campaign. Give any little thing where you can give. Click the link in our show notes and it'll take you directly to the fundraiser and you can donate there. Music lovers, this one is for you. Welcome to the Style & Vibes podcast with me, Michaela. I'll be giving you the inside scoop on music, fashion, culture, and more from Caribbean celebrities and tastemakers across the globe, pushing our culture with authenticity and of course, Style & Vibes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Styling Vibes podcast with me, Michaela. Today, I am here solo because I just wanted to have a conversation with you guys and kind of dive deep into a few of the topics that we've been discussing here on the podcast. In the last few podcast episodes, we have been talking a lot about music. I've been doing a lot of reflecting on those conversations with artists, DJs, and our fellow podcasters. We discuss ways in which we can continue to move and shape dancehall and reggae music while preserving its foundation in a sense. We are discussing how music has changed, what are the impacts of those changes, and the perception of the music business as it states today but of course before we get into this episode we definitely got to share what I'm styling on and vibing to. Again the styling on and vibing to segment is now on YouTube exclusively so you can catch a full rundown list of everything I'm styling on and vibing to. Gabrielle Union was rocking Jamaican designer Jay Jolly. As she was frolicking, looking like she enjoying herself. We also are talking about healing from Taurus Riley, his new album. Make sure you guys check that out. For the rest of the list, make sure you guys link YouTube for everything styling on and vibing to. Now let's get into this episode because you know, during COVID alone, we have looked at everything from verses to how artists are releasing music, live performances, the COVID impact, evaluating and re-evaluating the progression of Jamaican music as it relates to the global music industry and specifically its value. For me, I've been thinking a lot about the genre and in totality, so in this episode, I'm really just exploring how um, the genre is being defined and perceived, how fusion of the music and discovery is through genres and subgenres. So ano just Seklin, all right, Seklin. Here we go. Here we go. So you know, music has always is always in transition from the sonic changes, the fusion of musical sounds. They definitely evolve. Just as the music evolves, so does the business model. Most of the artists really want to spend most of their time in the creative element, but today's music business requires even more effort on the business side. With digital advances speeding up the process for artists and their teams if they have one, you definitely need more ways to stand out. There are some things that have changed, but there are some things that have stayed the same. Charts and genres are one of those things that really have remained we see how streams have impacted charts. Additionally, there are a lot more charts that attribute to listens besides the American music charting system, primarily Billboard, which is the most widely and most recognizable charting system. With regards to Billboard, most artists are in a genre-based chart and then cross over into the pop chart based on popularity. We'll get into this a little bit later. Technically, any place that distributes music has their own charting system of some sorts, which should feed into this universal charting system, but that's not always the case because of logistical setups from systems to countries and all that jazz. However, each distribution channel does account for sales or streams by platform, but Really and truly, this isn't necessarily about the charts. I just wanted to kind of set some of the background around um, the topic that I'm really going to discuss. The platforms, the streams, the sales, they're really about listening to music, the fans listening to music, how they want, when they want, and in the style that they want to listen and consume music in. When it comes to these platforms they are reflective of the categorizations of the genres and very little has changed. Remember how you used to walk into a record store and ask, you know, the salesperson or someone there Oh, I'm looking for this particular album by this particular artist and they'll say we put it in this section. The digitalization of those genres is pretty much very similar. Now, if you're adding playlists into the mix, playlists are additionally sorted by moods and by genres. So, we'll explore a little bit about that later, too. But being in a genre and especially from an artist perspective, it kind of feels like you're in a box. So, creating um, music. Most artists don't want to be perceived as just one type of artist but I think that the genre that you pick and what you are in helps kind of define and help people connect to you as an artist as well as discovering your music. But sitting in one box or a genre doesn't necessarily mean that you can't explore other sounds. And really and truly, that's how subgenres are created in the first place. So, I mean, I can take this as an example. Snoop, who has done a reggae album, and he's done a gospel album, but he's widely known as a hip-hop artist, and that is his foundation, He took those creative freedoms to make sounds that he felt he wanted to make at the time, but he's never going to stray too far from that hip hop connotation because that's what he's, his foundation is heavily based on. So I mentioned genre and subgenres. So genres really are that umbrella for the subgenres that kind of happen underneath it. So you know, when it comes to Jamaican music, you think of ska, rock rocksteady, all which reggae was derived from musically, but reggae in itself as a genre has surpassed those other genres in terms of popularity and global impact. For me, the whole reggae revival movement, as defined by some of the artists and media, um, artists like Chronics, Jesse Royal, um, Kabaka Pyramid. To me, it is equivalent to in the 90s when we saw the neo-soul movement, which is basically a sub-movement within R&B. So Music Soul Child, India Ari, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, and others kind of fall into this neo-soul movement. Movement, but for me, they're both somewhat defined by the media and the industry in order to create a new version of those sounds, you know what I mean? So, in order to refresh what R&B, is how it's presented, giving it this new genre or subgenre title, allows it to feel newer and fresher in the current marketplace. So I think that that's really how these subgenres kind of evolve, and they evolve more so organically, and it's much more fluid. And that kind of really brings me to my next point of, there is a fluidity within the genres themselves. So a lot of what we're hearing in the music now is about fusion. Fusion is really, you know, hearing traditional elements that you associate with a particular genre. And now there's a different adaptation in a different genre that you kind of associate with this other genre. So, you know, and it is happening a lot for uh, most of our Black diaspora genres like reggae and dancehall soca afrobeats hip-hop all of these fusions are kind of where there's this debate between the purists and the genre fluid fans because purists want it to sound a certain way and if it has xyz elements then it should be considered xyz whereas you know people who are a little bit more genre fluid they listen based off you know just the music and how it sounds is it good does the lyrical content match up to what I like aesthetically is the beat makeup you know nice enough for me to groove to, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's always going to be, I think that kind of debate when it comes to the different subgenres and how we think it should sound and what it should sound like and but also that those debates and those creative push is what really evolved the music to sound different and newer and crisper as the time passes. Good music transcends genres, but still, there is a foundation which is truly defined by the artists or the producers. For some of these genres and subgenres, they're now fusing to become popular, more popular in some cases. So, when you think of a, a genre like Afrobeats, which its lineage is of Afrobeat, when you think of Felicuti, um that is kind of the foundation. But now when you're hearing it, it's kind of this fusion of dancehall, a little bit of reggae, a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of soca, a little bit of salsa. You're hearing all these different elements in Afrobeats. And even the recognition, especially being here in the States, people really associate Afrobeats with all African music. Whereas if you speak to someone who's on the continent, with all the different countries, there are so many different genres within African music that we're not talking about. So in comparison to like reggae, we know the difference between dub, roots reggae rockers, lovers rock, but from the outside looking in, most people just see it as just reggae. And that really, and that understanding of how you know, we internally perceive the music versus how externally the music is perceived really makes an impact when it comes to marketing. The genres help position artists in the different markets, and and essentially helps consumers understand. And not only consumers, but industry people who are promoting the music, um, it helps them to identify who they are as a person. What their brand is, and what, in addition to their music, is part of their persona or their personality. So, when you that especially becomes important as an up and coming artist. So, if you're newer in terms of making music, or relatively unknown in spaces where you want to be known in, you know the genre that you kind of set as your foundation is kind of what people will associate you by. But it doesn't mean that you have to stay within this particular box. And I know, you know, the the argument goes back to, you know, being confined, you know, in, in a specific genre makes it feel like you can't do other things. And I think that that's only like our own perception because I don't think that that's the case, especially from a marketing perspective. When you do marketing runs for whether you're promoting a song or a project, you're going to, you know, hit your core, your foundation. What do you th- Where can you get in? Where is like a home base for you? But then when you think about it, you're also going to want to push the envelope. So what other media outlets, what other radio stations, what other podcasts or um, magazines and interviews make sense for you to kind of step out of your comfort zone. So this is what you as an artist and the team that you're working with kind of get to figure out is where do we need to go? Where do we want to push it? Where do we want to, um, do something new? And the core of that is, you know, the, the, the checklist of things that, you know, you send to people when presenting you in front of of um a media house so you know we see examples like, you know, Buja's all over the place, you know, in terms of where he is promoting his music. You know, 10 years ago, that looked very different. 20 years ago, that looked very different. Um, so it's not like an overnight thing. So every time there's something to promote, there is a little bit of stepping outside of your comfort zone. So it's very similar and correlates to, you know, being in one genre, be- being able to explore the different sounds within genres. So let's get into the importance of being in a genre when it comes to music discovery. If you take out your phone, open up whatever platform, you know, you listen to your music in and you type in a particular music artist, you also get served with additional artists that sound similar. Again, that really kind of goes back to the association being defined by the genre or subgenre. Additionally, with streaming platforms, the algorithms also based on listens and likes allow for that discovery to happen as well. So you'll get a lot of, if you like this on the platform um, that you're in, if you like this song, then maybe you'll like this song and you can listen to it or not listen to it. And then the algorithm gets um, adjusted to your listening, Uh, your listening taste would you say um and that really correlates with various tempos, um artists the different genres uh within the space and what is available in those particular music platforms now we definitely have to get into playlists because playlists are either created by curators like media houses or just regular people. So when people are creating playlists, there um, are kind of a few different buckets in which they create playlists. You know, new this week, where you're sharing what's new in a particular genre. So what's new in reggae as of today or yesterday, what was new in 2020 what was new in 2019, that sort of thing. Then you have those mood-based playlists, which are like the perfect running playlist, um, carnival playlist, getting ready for a party, a barbecue, that sort of emotional tone that is that you want to set for whatever you're doing in life. And then you have the genre specific. So 90s hip hop, 90s dancehall, early 2000s, you know, best of, you know, backpacker style music, whatever, you know, people kind of label the playlist as they want, but they do fall within a category. And some of that is derived from the genre and exploring those different genres within the playlist that are based on moods. For example, Kabaka Pyramid's Babylon Fallen can be on a new music playlist for Reggae and Dancehall because it, you know, came out however many weeks or months ago. But it can also live on a Black revolutionary playlist because of its lyrical content and the context of the current time frame with the Black Lives Matter movement. So understanding how genres play into all of these different elements is really key. And especially where crossover aspirations, and we talk about crossover a lot. It's something we talk about um we hear mention oh this is a crossover hit or it's it's a term that is used mostly by industry insiders or people talking about the industry because most artists really don't make music just to create a crossover appeal yes they want to appeal to a wider audience and they want to grow their audience but i don't think that they get in the booth and say i want this to be a crossover hit they, you know, in their minds when they're creating music, they just want to reach the masses. The masses is everybody. So that crossover appeal can also be defined very differently in, and in multiple ways. So, for example, you can cross over into different markets. Take, for example, Charlie Blacks, who, made, who is a dance art artist who made it, who crossed over into different markets with his song Party Animal. The song is pretty much rooted in dancehall, but it has a reggaeton feel and it has this widespread appeal based on the popularity of the song outside of Jamaica. So essentially, it definitely crossed over into the reggaeton area being played in Latin American countries and Central American countries, as well as the soca market before hitting the black music market in the U.S., where now you can hear it. Um, on hip hop stations, and R&B stations, because it's associated with like getting the party started, you know, going out vibes. So you'll definitely hear that song in heavy rotation on like a Friday evening where you have DJs playing mixes or Saturday or whatever. Um, so that's really how songs cross over. And if you think about the the longevity of a song, it could be in the market for months to years in terms of it reaching that peak and then, you know, artists moving on to something new. But just as songs can cross over, they also cross over on the charts. So it kind of brings back the conversation around the charting system and the genres being um, specifically defined. So, you know, in essence, I think you can start on a genre-specific So say you start on the world reggae charts and it climbs to XYZ and then you become part of the pop charts, but it starts at a lower number. So you can be number five on one chart and be 25 on another, but you've essentially made it to crossing over from one chart to the other in terms of popularity. So we look at all of these things really to give an evaluation of, you know, this is how Users and consumers look at genres. So it's looked at pretty much on a basis of how we consume music. The subgenres within it allow us to explore other sounds and music. So being defined or utilizing um, being in a specific genre is not necessarily a bad thing. I think for Jamaican artists, we need to be able to categorize themselves or ourselves. Um, But that really depends on you. Do Jamaican artists need to be classified as a reggae artist? No. But being committed to the genre doesn't limit the sound. Additionally, if you're a Jamaican artist and you don't want to do or don't do reggae, You don't have to. So, you know, I think that there's this misconception that Jamaican artists equal reggae because of the industry's association with Jamaicans and music. Reggae is something that is around us and you'll hear it and it'll be a part of you as an artist, but it doesn't necessarily define you in terms of your musical sound. But if the artists don't define it, if the producers don't define it, then the media, we the media, and the people will define it for you. And maybe that that is the preference. I don't know. But I think that if you truly want to um, get your music to the masses, understanding all of these elements is really important. And I think us as fans, you know, we want to see the music grow we want to see you as artists grow and we want to follow you on your journey um so we'll always continue to have these conversations and i think fans and and music lovers alike they really just are inspired by you know artists as people and the sounds that they they create they do enjoy them all of them But as a genre, in terms of determining its value, we have to continue to see the value in ourselves so that others will in turn see the value in our music. So those are just my thoughts. I would really love to hear from you guys. I know we have been talking a lot about music and all the things that have been happening in music over the last few months. So I thought this was a great place for me to just kind of sit and reflect on all the different ideas as it relates to all the challenges and how we're progressing as a music culture. Share your thoughts. Of course, follow me on social. And then until next time, Leah Tammy peeps. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style & Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit StyleAndVibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at Vibes. Until next time, Leah Tommy Peeps!